Community Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I have been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, we are speaking with Ashley Davis. Ashley joined the Situate Animal Shelter staff in February 2013, and in 2016, she was promoted to shelter director. Ashley is responsible for overseeing the day-to-day running of the shelter and coordinating the care of all shelter animals. Ashley is a graduate of Westfield State University with a double major in biology and environmental science. A native of East Freetown, Massachusetts, Ashley began working with a local group at the age of 13, trapping, neutering, and releasing feral cats. And today, we get to hear the rest of the story. Ashley, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Can you expand a little bit and uh, tell us how you got started with Community Cats? Sure. So when I was about 13 years old, I was uh, riding horses at a barn in uh, southeastern Massachusetts, and the barn was pretty overrun with cats and kittens. There was over 40 cats and uh, numerous kittens. I didn't even end up keeping track. So I ended up calling around to uh, different shelters and trying to figure out what would somebody do in a situation like this? Who can come out and help? And I ended up finding a all-volunteer organization called Habitat for Cats. Um, They are located in New Bedford, Mass. And they were an all-volunteer organization that only did trap new to return. Um, So with their help, they basically said, we'll cover the cost of the spay neuter, but you're going to have to figure out how you're going to transport the cats, post care them, but they'll cover the cost. So I was lucky enough that my dad is actually doing animal and pest control. So he had plenty of traps for me to use and kind of showed me the ropes on how to trap. And then I kind of just got started and Every weekend, that was kind of my hobby. I would go to the barn and after my riding lesson, I would trap the cats as many as I could and then get them fixed the uh, following day. And then I would post care them uh, in a shed in my backyard, actually. (laughs) So uh, I was lucky to have my parents support because they were they definitely they definitely supported that. It was almost an addiction when I was younger and actually for quite a few years. That was that was kind of my hobby and what I found to be really fun through that whole site. I ended up trapping around 43 cats, I think it was. And then I would foster the litters of kittens until they were ready to get adopted. So I ended up then getting going from fostering and trapping to then trying to go through the adoption process and find them homes as well. So I assume you trapped that whole colony? Yep. So I ended up getting all of them. I can't remember how long that ended up taking me, but it seemed like it took half the year, if not the whole year to do all of them. Um, Through that process, I learned a ton of hard lessons. It was really tough for instance, to get the uh, the folks to stop feeding the cats so that I could trap the following day. And there was a lot of convincing when it came to letting me take the kittens and foster them with a mom cat so that they could uh, have the mom instead of people visiting the barn, taking them home and giving them away before they were old enough. So it was a lot, a lot of lessons learned through that first site. So what were the key takeaways doing that first project? 
So some of the key takeaways, I would have to say, I remember learning two big lessons the hard way. And the first lesson was that if I were to find kittens, so I was finding litters of kittens, either newborns or maybe even three week old kittens in the hayloft. And my initial reaction was, oh my gosh, I just need to take these kittens home. I'll bottle feed them. I'll do whatever I need to do to, uh, to make sure that they're okay. And I had that kind of thought that maybe these kittens were abandoned or the mom wasn't around and I just didn't know how to get the mom to. So I ended up taking on way too many kittens all at the same time when I could have taken the mom and the kittens at the same time. So um, my dad actually ended up teaching me a little trick that I still use today where I'll put the kittens, whether they're a day old or three weeks old, if soon as I can catch them in a cat carrier and then set the trap up uh, next to it and cover the whole thing with a sheet so that the mom will go in the trap, not just to get the uh, the food that's in the trap like she normally would, but to see uh, her kittens and get to her kittens. I could, that's probably one of my biggest lessons is that I now know, you know, you always want to trap the mom if it's possible and not take on the burden of having a lot of uh, kittens to bottle feed or kittens that are too young to eat on their own. So yeah, definitely learned the hard way by taking way too many of them on at the same time. And then the second lesson was I was uh, trapping the cats, but not looking to see if the mom cats, the female cats were, um, were milking or lactating if they had kittens out there. So sometimes what would happen is I would maybe hold on to that mom cat for a couple of days and not realize she had kittens out there. And I learned the hard way one time when I had to keep a cat after its spay to uh, get antibiotics to recover from an upper respiratory infection. And she was away from her kittens for over a week. And I felt, I remember feeling so awful for not realizing that she had kittens out there. And uh, now every time I catch a cat, whether it's a male or female, I always lift it up to check to see, you know, are they lactating? Are there kittens out there? Um, and what's, what are, what's my plan going to be? We all have lessons that we learn. And, you know, the learning curve can be pretty challenging. What keeps you persisting? I think what keeps me persisting is every time I learn one of those lessons, and it's it's been a lot of hard lessons, you know, it, it would break my heart and I would get so upset with myself and think, oh my gosh, I shouldn't be doing this. I just ca- caused more harm than good. And then I have to kind of remind, well, especially back then, I had to keep reminding myself, if I didn't do that work, then um, I don't think anyone was going to do it. And you just keep learning, you keep learning, and then you keep spreading the word about what lessons you learned. So I still try and do that today, where if I'm, if I'm giving advice over the phone, I try and cover those main big lessons that I learned that I don't want to have other people have to go through and learn the hard way. So can you tell me a, li- a little bit about what you are doing now and how you're impacting community cats? Sure. So now I'm, I went from um, throughout my high school years and college years uh, doing a lot of trap new to return and foster care. And then, uh, and it was all basically all volunteers that worked within those organizations. And then I ended up kind of finding my dream job in Situate where um, I get to be the director and decide uh, where we spend our time. And I ended up going through the mentoring program 
and starting a trap new to return program in situate and was able to kind of take those lessons and turn them into a program. Kind of one of the biggest things that I'm working on right now is making sure that we have the resources to help people when they call about a stray cat, community cats, and giving them their own resources to use in order to fix the situation. So an example would be uh, yesterday I had someone call and they they were quite a ways away. They were about 45 minutes away from the shelter and they had a mom and kittens under their shed. And so we were able to help the same type of uh, same type of deal with Habitat. We can cover the cost, but we just don't have the resources to send somebody out there to um, to do the actual trapping. So luckily, the person feeding the mom cat and kittens, they were up for it. They just needed the guidance. So I've really kind of switched over from being in the trenches, as some would say, and running out to every call and, you know, trapping my whole weekend for a spay day to getting other people involved and just kind of guiding them over the phone and giving them the resources that they need to do it, which in turn has allowed me to help more than I would on my own. So that's great. So you're trying to think of a business design that helps you work more efficiently and effectively. Yeah, we sort of have it going where it's more of a um, it's more of a hotline. So we'll uh, we'll go through uh, a sheet of questions with each caller. You know, do you know who's feeding these cats? Because if you're not feeding them, we have to find who is feeding them so that we can get them trapped. Are you willing to do the trapping and transportation? Do we need to find somebody? You know, let's get your let's get the neighbors involved. And normally, um, by getting that small community involved, we're able to make sure that we're fixing the whole problem and not just um, not just one single mom and kittens. So we actually have little um, little kind of leaflets that we'll hand out to the neighbors that says, you know, this is what we're working on. We're trying to fix cats in your neighborhood. This is why. This is why it's important. Um, you know, do you want to be involved? Do you have any cats that need to get um, spayed or neutered? Keep in touch with us and let us know how you can help or what your thoughts are. And that's been huge to make sure that the whole neighborhood knows when we're, what we're working on. And also uh, in the future, if you don't see a cat with an ear tip or if you have an issue, who to call. So your shelter is located uh, in southeastern Massachusetts. You did the mentoring program with me a couple of years ago. Have you seen any changes in the population of community cats? So we were lucky to start off with um, an area that didn't have as high high amounts of community cats as maybe areas like I was coming from, like New Bedford area. And it's been a change in mentality where in this area, there wasn't really they didn't really know who to turn to when it came to um, when it came to community cats. So they went from having having an issue, but we had no clue. No one really knew in situate that there was cats out there that really needed the help. So one of the our biggest obstacles was actually kind of spreading the word and just saying, you know, we're actually here to help you if you need the help, because as far as we knew, there wasn't as many as we thought. So we actually went from thinking there wasn't as many to realizing, oh my gosh, there is actually more than we realized. It's great that we're getting started with this program because we have a ton of work to do. Um, Because as that word spread that there was help, people kind of came forward and said, oh yeah, I've got cats and I have, um, I need help. I just didn't, I had no clue that you were even there to offer it. So what sort of outreach did you do in order to get the word out in the community? So we spread the word on social media, but 
I found that flyers were actually more um, more effective than anything else. Uh, a lot of people just said, oh, yeah, I just saw the flyer in Starbucks and I had no clue that you were offering free spay neuter um, next week or that there was trap neuter return options in the area. Um, so flyers, social media, just by word of mouth was huge. So just when people call in and they say, you know, I, I saw a cat in my neighborhood. I don't know if it's somebody's owned indoor outdoor cat or if it could be a stray cat or a feral cat. I'm not sure what to do just by them learning what options were available and what we offered and then spreading the word through their neighborhood was huge. And then we specifically targeted barns to make sure that they that barns in the area uh, knew that if you had barn cats that you needed help with, we're here to offer free spay neuter. Just, you know, give us a call and we'll make it as easy as possible to get the help that you need. And now let's take a moment to listen to a few words from our sponsors. Flashlight tag was fun when you were a kid, but no one wants to play hide and seek with their trap. Find your trap's location quickly and safely, even when you visit it at night, with the Reveal Wild application for Samsung Galaxy, HTC One, Sony, Xperia, and other Android phones. Or go to tinyurl.com forward slash Reveal Wild. So in terms of intakes into the shelter, are you able to take in cats and kittens beyond your normal reach, or are you still just maintaining with your local area? So we're actually in good shape when it comes to, we have Situate, Norwell, and Cohasset, where um, we still take in cats and kittens from this area, but we have definitely been able to expand. Um, and actually the trickiest part has been just kind of spreading the word that we're even here because not a lot of people in uh, neighboring towns and even cities, as far as a half an hour, 45 minutes to an hour away, know that if, if they're up for um, if they're up for the traveling to and from our shelter, we're still willing to help them. Like if we have the space then and we can help them, then we'll go as far as um, as far as we can in our area. So that's been great. People have been pretty surprised when we say, you know, we're, we're taking in cats from Middleborough, Lakeville, Freetown, kind of my hometown, which is an hour away. Um, and then on the opposite side, Brockton or Boston. Yeah. As soon as as soon as we have space available, we're kind of we actually will call animal control officers in our area and then we'll kind of just keep expanding just to let them know, hey, we have space or we can help you uh, send your calls our way or um, or you can just give us a call. So as soon as as soon as kind of the word gets out, then they spread the word to their town, too. So your shelter has a relationship, pretty close relationship with the town's animal control. Is that correct? Yeah. So we are lucky that we have an amazing animal control officer and um, we've actually been able to not only work with her, but we've had a um, last year we held a meeting for our local animal control officers to just come to the shelter and say, um, you know, this is how the Citrus Animal Shelter can help help you. What do you guys need help with? Is it supplies? Do you just need um, information to give callers? Because often in this area, unless you have a shelter in your town, the animal control officers don't really, and I, that's, I think this is the case in most areas, they don't always have an option when people call and say, I need help with stray cats. So usually their response is, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't know, or I don't have an option for you. I can't take in cats. And we just want to make sure that they at least have the option to say, I don't know the answer to that, but you can just call the shelter and we'll help you out. So yeah, we've definitely 
tried to get all the animal control officers in our area involved so that they know what we can do. If you saw a stray cat on the street, what would you do? Yes, that's kind of funny because it's definitely changed from when I started this and and now. Now it's kind of tricky depending on what the cat looked like and if it was friendly. I'm probably going to figure out should I be actually taking this cat to the shelter and scanning it for a microchip and alerting animal control and seeing if it's a missing cat, asking neighbors if it's their cat, or do I put a collar on it with a little note and say, you know, is this your cat? Give me a call. It would all depend on the situation, but I can tell you that when I first started, I would be doing everything that I possibly could to get that cat at that very moment. But I kind of learned not every cat that, that I see in the neighborhood might be a community cat. It could be someone's own cat that is indoor outdoor. So you have to be a lot more careful or you've just learned to be more careful over time and to respect you know an indoor outdoor cat. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's tricky because Sometimes I find myself thinking, all right, well, maybe I can just take that cat to the shelter. If someone's missing the cat, they can come they can come in and, and find it. But I've kind of learned that that might mean that um, maybe another cat that really needs it can't come into the shelter because I just kind of stole somebody's indoor outdoor cat. So I've kind of um, I've definitely erred more on the side of caution and spreading the word in that neighborhood and letting people know, hey, if you see this cat and, and we're really thinking that this cat has maybe was abandoned or um, doesn't have a place to call home to give me a call. And unless it seems like an emergency where the cat is really thin or seems like it could be in danger, then I, I try and be a little bit more careful and not skip right into, you know, I got to save this cat. I got to get it right away. So looking forward, what do you think uh, life's going to be like for community cats five or 10 years from now? Um, I would have to say that the future is looking pretty bright, at least when it comes to um, where I'm standing in Massachusetts. I kind of feel like we're we're really making huge, huge amounts of progress in New Bedford, for example. I always look there because I feel like they have a huge overpopulation problem. It is definitely noticeably better. It could be attributed to there are more low-cost spay-neuter clinics and more groups volunteering to help the cats. But I also just think that the public is made more aware that there are options and that they can get low cost uh, options if they if they look and um, the importance of spay neuter. Um, so I, d- I do think that um, people are definitely more concerned about their welfare and are a little bit more aware about community cats and trap neuter return and just that the help is out there normally if you if you can look. If people wanted to reach out to you and find out more about the programs that you're running in Situate, how would they find you and the organization? Sure. So they can look up our website, which is www.situateanimalshelter.org. And you can always reach out to me by email, which is Ashley Davis at situateanimalshelter.org. And yeah, they can call me anytime. And we actually have a lot of resources on our website. And we're looking to build our educational resources on the website as well so that anybody can take them and use them for their area. And before we go to the last question, since you do a lot of trapping, do you have one or two key trapper tips that you'd like to share with everyone? Sure. So I'd say probably other than, you know, always trying to use your mom cat, your female cat to um, trap your kit, trap the kittens if you um, if you have them and using your kittens 
to trap your mom cat, I would say probably one of the biggest ones is to always make sure that you don't feed the cats a day or two before you plan on trapping to make sure you catch them all and to keep in touch with that colony to make sure if there are any more that you come back to uh, get the remaining ones and always trap after dark because it's nice and cool or in early in the morning. Ashley, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? I have to say that I think it's really, really important that uh, people remember that people may be the problem sometimes, but that they're also the solution. So I remember in the past, I used to get really upset with people that that they might not be helping the cats that they were feeding. And over time, I realized that you can get a lot more done if you get people involved and you're kind and understanding to the people that you talk to. And that it's just as important to help the people as well as the animals and making sure that they understand that they're not being judged or preached to. So definitely that people um, are the solution and that education goes a long way. So people play a very significant role with supporting our community cats and and all of our programs. Exactly. Ashley, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to having you on again in the future. Thanks a bunch. Thanks for listening to the Community Cats Podcast. If you could go to iTunes and review the show, we'd really appreciate it. When you do, take a screenshot of your review, go to communitycatspodcast.com forward slash review and enter your information and we'll send you a t-shirt. While you're there, don't forget to check out all the ways you can support the content you're passionate about. Thanks, everyone.